the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, April 14th, 2021. Yesterday, I was speaking of lies that can be lethal to a society. How when a society accepts too many lies or too many people in in a society accept too many lies, it creates a generalized nonsense of the intellect. C.S. Lewis put it that way and went on to say, thus a corruption in the will. Lewis went on. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in the least danger and fix its approval on the virtue that is nearest the vice, which we are trying to make endemic. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers whenever there's a flood and all crowding to that side of the boat, which has already nearly gone under. We spoke of this in the context of lies we tell ourselves or too many of us convince too many of. From the U.S. as a country of systemic racism to hands up, don't shoot, to listen to the scientists, to calling riots, riots, to cops, hunt minorities, to gender can be assigned. Death ensues from each of these lies, as does mayhem and confusion. Fuddlement which is all, of course, the Leninist effort to make things the worse as so much the better, at least for revolutionaries' sake, the worse the better. Not Republican or conservative, but fascist and worse than Hitler. Not great and liberating to others, but imperial and colonialist. Not founded on the natural rights truths of freedom and equality in 1776, but a far worse and different year based in and on human slavery. This, in some, in, some res, in some respects, is resultant of or part and parcel of what we call the crisis of the West. What is the crisis of the West? As Leo Strauss described it, the West's having become uncertain of its purpose, which was established to preserve the good society based on the bases of reason and science. Tom West elaborates that 20th century history revealed that the progressive spread of democracy throughout the world was hardly assured. Moreover, the good society of Western liberalism no longer looked unquestionably good. Modern philosophy eventually concluded that reason itself was to blame. Not only could reason not establish the good society, it could not even say what the good society was. The crisis of the West is visible in the educated class's abandonment of the principles of the Declaration of Independence. Does this nation in its maturity still cherish the faith in which it was conceived and raised, Leo Strauss asks? Does this nation still hold these truths to be self-evident? About a generation ago, An American diplomat could still say that the natural and the divine foundation of the rights of man is self-evident to all Americans. Today, 
As Thomas West puts it, the very notion of self-evident truths is treated by the elites as equivalent to the belief in ghosts. But why wouldn't a society that dispenses with self-evident truths be susceptible to, if not welcoming and embracing of, lies and falsehoods? In fact, why wouldn't it be? This is not just a concern of Strauss's. It used to be the classic concern of philosophers and historians throughout history. Can a society that doubts itself survive? In our lifetime, Jean-Francois Ravel put it this way, quote, clearly a civilization that feels guilty for everything it is and does will lack the energy and conviction to defend itself. Two centuries ago, it was the basis of Abraham Lincoln's Lyceum speech, and it was, of course, warned about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before even that in Plato's Republic. That's Athens for you. As for Judeo-Christian values, the entire, the entire warp and woof of biblical commands, be they New or Old Testament, is to unite around a life committed to the preservation and recognized righteousness of God. Am I wrong? There's Jerusalem for you. One can't simply ask what is truth and walk away. That's how innocents get slaughtered. So the belief in lies, in too many lies, is something of a project for we conservatives to take on, and not in any way quietly. Time to re re retire fake news as a phrase, I say, and start just taking on lies. Call them for what they were. Most people don't like to be lied to, after all. And weirdly enough, a lot of people are happy or content with fake things. So maybe fake news isn't going to work anymore. Let's just talk about lies. People don't like lies. Some people like fake things. Jewelry, hair, knockoff brand products come to mind. Lies. Beware the big lie. Beware the dove that goes boom. Adolf Hitler wrote, quote, In the big lie, there was always a certain force of credibility. Because the broad masses of a nation are always more easily corrupted in the deeper strata of their emotional nature than consciously or voluntarily. And thus, in the primitive simplicity of their minds, they more readily fall victims to the big lie than the small lie, since they themselves often tell small lies in little manners, but would be ashamed to resort to large-scale falsehoods. It would never come into their heads to fabricate colossal untruths, and they would not believe that others could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously, even though the facts which prove this to be so may be brought clearly to their minds, they will still doubt and waver and will continue to think that there may be some other explanation, close quote. A psychological profile of Adolf Hitler's belief in the big lie sounds an awfully lot, a lot, like Saul Alinsky's rules. Here's the psychological profile from OSS. Quote, his primary rules were never allow the public to cool off, never admit a fault or wrong, never concede that there may be some good in your enemy, never leave room for alternatives, never accept blame, 
concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong, people will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. And if you repeat it frequently enough, people will sooner or later believe it completely. Now let's go to Alinsky. Alinsky's rules. Power is not only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. Never go outside the expertise of your people. Whenever possible, go outside the expertise of the enemy. Make the enemy live up to its own book of rules. Ridicule, ridicule is man's most potent weapon. There is no defense. It is almost impossible to counterattack ridicule. Also, it infuriates the opposition who then react to your advantage. A good tactic is one your people enjoy. A tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. Keep the pressure on. The threat is usually more terrifying than the thing itself. The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. If you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counterside. This is based on the principle that every positive has its negative. The price of a successful attack is a constructive alternative. Pick the target, freeze it, personalize it, and polarize it. From COVID to race and crime, our history, mutable gender, systemic and educational, anything and everything else. How does Valery Legazov, the chief scientist at Chernobyl, put it? Quote, what is the cost of lies? It's not that we'll mistake them for the truth. The real danger is that if we hear enough lies, then we no longer recognize the truth at all, close quote. When you no longer recognize the truth at all anymore, please understand there is a philosophy that attaches to that. It's called relativism. You could write it down and come back on that, Bill. So you contrast regimes of horror and terror, communist and Nazi, as regimes based on the big lie or several big lies. What is our regime based on? Well, it's either truth, self-evident truth, or it's nothing. And if it's nothing, there are no trees, no barriers to protect, protect us when the storms come. If it's nothing, it can be communism. If it's nothing, it can or might as well be Nazism. It's not like we, or I should say, they try to hide it either. From hiring airline pilots to names of schools to authors and taught in those schools, race is one of the chief, if not the chief, criteria for the beginning of any, it's also the end of any policy, pedagogical, or hiring and admittance discussion, and it is based on a hierarchy of races. Thomas Jefferson, in his Virginia statute, put it this way, truth is great and will prevail if left to herself, that she is the proper and sufficient antagonist to, to error and has nothing to fear from the conflict unless by human interposition disarmed of her natural weapons, free argument and debate, errors ceasing to be dangerous when it is permitted freely to contradict them. Harry Jaffa put it this way. 
Western civilization as a whole, and American civilization in particular, is going through a profound period of inner turmoil and change. No doubt, some for the better. Certainly much of it for the worse. But the cockpit of these changes, their dynamic source, is the university. And the one certain and central fact about the universities is not the bitter division of opinion concerning which changes are for the better and which for the worse, but whether there are any standards by which better and worse can in any way be distinguished at all. There is one thesis that is dominant in the liberal arts curricula today, one that runs through all the social science and humanities departments, namely political science, economics, literature, religion, philosophy, history, psychology, anthropology, and sociology. And that thesis is that there is no objective knowledge of or rational ground for distinguishing between good and bad, right and wrong, just and unjust. All such judgments are said to be value judgments concerning which Reason has nothing to say. The essence of a liberal education consists, at least at first, though, in becoming a dilettante of the aesthetic ideals expressed in art and architecture, sculpture and music and literature, and learning to savor the varieties of lifestyles expressed in books, religions, philosophies, and cultures. What education displays for us is the variety of forms that human imagination and human taste, including moral taste, takes, but it never tells us that one is truer, more beautiful, or more just than another. It never tells us that human choice can be guided, as the signers of the Declaration of Independence believed it could be, by the truth about man, God, and the universe. The thing is, there is truth. That is the thing. And a government founded on recognizing that is a government that should never tolerate or accept lies, big or small, for the tolerance of the small always leads to the acceptance of the big. As I said yesterday, we can keep playing these games and keep going down the same road watching things get worse and worse, or we can stop, point out the lies, and begin to turn not only ourselves but our culture around. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Portions of Rich are brought to you by Solar Sandy. She's the woman who brought integrity back to solar in Arizona. The difference between Solar Sandy and other solar companies is not just her integrity, it's that she actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's super important when you go solar, you do it the right way. And Solar Sandy has the formula. She is the right way. She wants to put more of your hard-earned money back in your pocket. When you go solar, Solar Sandy will pay 12 months of your solar payments, any portion of your power bill for the first 12 months. And the first 50 families who sign on with Solar Sandy will receive a $1,000 signing bonus. That's right, no solar panel payments, no power bills for 12 months, and a $1,000 bonus at signing. No better time to go solar with Solar Sandy than right now. Go to AskSolarSandy.com. That's AskSolarSandy.com. Adding to Rashida Tlaib's wholesale and universal indictment of all police and policing yesterday, 
weighs in Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez speaking of the killed uh the the young man who was killed in um Brooklyn Center Minneapolis quote Duante Wright she writes Duante Wright's killing was not a random disconnected accident it was the repeated outcome of an indefensible system that grants impunity for state violence rewards it with endlessly growing budgets at the cost of community investment and targets those who question that order. But just every part of this is, is unknown. It was not a random disconnected accident. From everything we can see on the video, it was, and there's no storyline that says it was deliberate. She wrote, writes, it was the repeated outcome of an indefensible system that grants impunity for state violence. What's impunity? Impunity means no punishment, an excuse. That grants impunity for state violence. Do you think it's impunity when the police officer is forced to resign and then is charged with second-degree murder? Is that, quote-unquote, rewarding it, close quote? And she, AOC writes that all of this is done at the cost of community investment and targets those who question that order. That's just not true. It's just not true here anyway, where he was wanted both for assault and an unregistered weapons charge. That was why he was subject to arrest for dodging an arrest warrant. It wasn't the targeting of people who question. It wasn't um, a deliberate shooting. It wasn't the repeated outcome of an indefensible system that grants impunity for state violence. What's indefensible about a system that, let's break it down simply, pulls someone over for having expired plates as I have been subjected to, as a lot of people have, a system that pulls someone over for having expired plates, then checks his identity against the police database to find out he's wanted on a warrant for not showing up in court for citations having to do with assault and ownership of a weapon without a license. That ownership of a weapon without a license, by the way, up until now, we were told by the Democrats, was about the most important law one could abide by or be changed to have. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us our culture and economy update. It's done by John Dombrowski of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. A good friend of this show's, good friend of mine, and a great friend to the conservative community here in Talk Radio Land. John Dombrowski's own show is available here at 7 a.m. is yeah, every 7 a.m. Uh, on uh, Saturday mornings, the word on wealth. John, happy Wednesday. 
happy Wednesday, Seth. How's it going? That was a mouthful. Well, why did I? Is available? Is that is that the word I want? No. No. It's is live. It a, the live. show is yeah. available. No, the show is on. We're the show on. is on. <laughs> Seven a.m. The show can be heard. Yes. You'd think I'm new to this talking thing. And also, if you missed the show on Saturday mornings, you can go to our website at GrandCanyonPlanning.com, and you can listen to that show or any past shows that we have as well. We have them all posted up there on the website. Fantastic! It is a yep. good. It's a great website. Um, John, yesterday you talked to us about uh, Coinbase. Yeah. And uh, and how it was uh, going uh, going on the open market, <laughs> and uh, son of a gun, eighty five billion bucks in value, huh? Yeah, just a few dollars, right? Yeah, right. Eighty five billion. Wow. Oh, what is Coinbase anyway? <laughs> just kidding. Uh, you've got a company here that is giving the opportunity for these cryptocurrencies now to be exchanged, and this is something that is a direct listing now uh, on the exchange that you can buy or sell. Um, just like any other individual stock now. So if you wanted to be involved and play this type of a uh, sector of the market now, this new, this new area of the market, you can do that by buying this um, stock. And this is a symbol, is C-O-I-N, coin is its symbol. Today, Seth, they expected this to uh, be priced at about 250 mm-hmm. per share. Mm-hmm. But actually, when it eventually did come public, its shares opened at $381 (laughs) per share. It did shoot up as high as $429, basically, uh, before it ultimately dropped down to about $310. And then now it's settled in at about $3, I think, $325 or $328 or something is where it actually closed for the day's trading. So it was a pretty wild ride. There are obviously a lot of people that bought at that higher value. Uh, and I talked about this, you know, I think yesterday briefly, that to be very careful with these things. If you are going to invest in them, uh, please make sure that you're invested for the long haul because these things have a tendency to move rapidly up and down, and uh, you can get get in a position to where you think you're catching catching a swing and you want don't want to miss something and you may pay too much for it. So if you've already bought it, uh, you know, maybe it's a good thing just to hold on to for the next four or five, maybe ten years and um, see what ultimately happens here. But at least now this is legitimizing uh, a lot of these cryptocurrencies, and that's, I think, a, uh, at least a good step for that. And Bitcoin itself, I think, went up to some, yeah. somewhere around 62, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Bitcoin was a little yeah. volatile today. Yeah. It did pull back slightly, but, uh, yeah, yesterday it was up up yesterday ahead of this. Uh, Are you time. worried about uh, another series of stories that I'm beginning to notice an uptick on, John, um, that the economy looking good for a while and on track to show its biggest gro- biggest growth year in a while, but that it's running on, as one article puts it, ca- a caffeine high, and he doesn't think all this government spending is going to be very, very, very good for long-term growth. Is this a concern of yours? Or is it uh, too far off in the distance to worry about right now? Well, I mean, we're always looking for trends, Seth, in the market. You know, and sometimes those trends could be as short as a couple of weeks in length uh, to uh, over a year span. So we're looking at uh, short-term trends right now. We're looking, obviously, at interest rates. That was something for us to really follow closely to see uh, what interest rates are going to be doing. I think the... um, 
you know, with the the jury is still out on that. We did see interest rates pull back from their high to ten year treasury above one point seven now at around one point six four, I think. Uh, so there's some, you know, still some things we're looking at as far as the trends go to see what we expect overall interest rates to do, which will have an effect on the market. There's no question. Now, many people think there is also inflation out there, and I agree there is. But the Fed, of course, we talked about this many times, uh, apparently still doesn't believe that they've hit their target inflation. And they want to not only hit that target inflation, but they want that to stay at a certain level for a period of time before they believe they need to make any adjustments. So all signs at the moment are probably pointing to a good growth, as you just mentioned, for 2021. I think then after that we have to take a, you know, be constantly looking for these trends to see if 2022 is is going to be a year that the growth will continue or will there be some type of a, a major pullback. Nicely said, John. Thank you, sir. You bet. If anyone wants to touch base with me, they can do that through our website, request an appointment, grandcanyonplanning.com, or call us directly at 480-991-1055. Securities and advisory services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Inverent Sipican and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Jeff, I always say this, and I don't say it on your show, but don't run out of money before you run out of time. Thank you, J.D. Much appreciated. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's a delight to bring back our good friend, historian and author John Cribb. His most recent book is Old Abe, a novel, and uh, published by Republic Book Publishers, uh, one of the greatest Lincoln books I have read. We, we interviewed uh, John Cribb on it um, at length uh, when it uh, first came out. John, welcome, welcome back to the show. Hey, Seth. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You bet. It's kind of an odd day, um, April 14th. Um, it's the day we know of as uh, the day that Lincoln was shot, yes? Yeah. And yeah. Um, at the same time, it feels like uh, he is being um, assassinated over and over and over and over again by our mm-hmm. society, yeah. by our culture, by our woke. You have an op-ed in the USA Today today on this congrats on that saying lincoln deserves our gratitude not the label racist talk to me yeah we're going through one of these these periods uh and it's not the first time we've been through a a period where lincoln's been attacked before but you know this one's different it's not just lincoln but it's all of our founders and it's coming from you know from the left and from uh woke millennials and college students and others, uh, and it's, I think it's dangerous uh, because when, you know, this is a kind of cultural suicide. Um, you and I both know that Lincoln gave that great Young Men's Lyceum speech, um, I guess in 1838 in Springfield when he said that if uh, this country ever is going to be defeated, it's not going to be from an overseas power, it's going to be from within. He says we ourselves must be its author and finisher. If uh, it comes within, this is a kind of cultural suicide. I think this this attack on Lincoln and the founders that we uh, see from the um, 1619 project and from pulling down statues and that that sort of thing. But this op-ed, I just I'm making the case that this is a a grave error on these people's uh, part. I think they just don't know their history, and that in fact Lincoln was a uh, obvious great supporter 
of, uh, of civil rights for all Americans, but especially for African Americans. You start off, John Cribb, um, with, um, with something people don't talk about much, but it was Abraham Lincoln's um, final speech, last speech before he was assassinated. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's, it's an, it's, I've read the speech. It's, it's, it's not his finest speech as far as uh, the powerful and flowery rhetoric go. But it does right. start off very Lincolnian in its um, praise of one of my favorite people, Ulysses Grant. You must have come mm-hmm. to just really love Ulysses Grant and your research on all this, I'm sure. I did uh, as I began to research yeah. him. It's a funny thing. We don't teach Grant much in our schools these yeah. days. What, what people know about him is that he drank and that he had a scandalized administration and it turns out that's about the least important things to know about him or his administration. Sorry to divert for a yeah. moment. It's just uh, Lincoln loved Grant. And when you study Grant, you realize, boy, that, that, that knock on him is just – it's not right. This was a great president, yeah, right. right? A great man yeah. and president. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the – you know, there are a lot of – well, yeah, there's a lot of that wrong out there in the, <laughs> in the in this being taught with American history these days, but – um, he is really, I think, not only one of a, not only a great president, but he's a a was just a great man, yep. like Lincoln. He was yep. a fine human being. Mm-hmm. And um, Lincoln says at the beginning of the, uh, that that speech, as you say, he says to General Grant, "As skillful officers and brave men all right. belong." Right, right. No part so of the honor was, or execution of the war was his. It was to all of Grant. Mm-hmm. It was to Grant and all of his uh, men. Yeah. yeah, it was his yeah. all. He, he, and that tribute tribute to Grant kind of carries through interestingly um, because um, in, in a way because he, he had two possibly two greatest champions Grant did. Uh, Abraham – and their book ends in a way. Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. Douglass you mentioned mm-hmm. in your op-ed – talking about yeah. Abraham Lincoln. But Douglas was a huge Grant supporter and campaigned yeah. for his re-election for the presidency. Yeah. Have you ever read that yeah. pamphlet he put out to the black churches, Douglas? It's a hell of a thing. He put, no, no, I need to look that up. Yeah, in 1872 that. for the re-election of Grant. I'll send you the link when we're done. He sent a uh, yeah, he published he published a letter to the black churches. And uh, I know we're way off topic here, but th- this is just fun. Right. This is just fun. <laughs> This is how Frederick Douglass concluded his letter to his fellow black churchmen. Um, His sword cleft the hydra head of treason, and his true heart and good right arm gained you the ballot, that glorious insignia of your citizenship. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? He really, really was a great American orator. Right. There, there's another figure, Frederick Douglass, yep. who, who probably doesn't get enough attention. Mm-hmm. You know? N- yeah. No, and was targeted, uh, and, and was, of course, targeted last year, uh, along with other statues that you mention. But, John, uh, this, this, is, this is the interesting thing to me. I, I, I'm a conservative. I love Lincoln. Um, and what's really odd to me is I was just finishing a New Yorker article uh, came out last month, but I just finished it about the breakup of the conservative movement, um, and it said the conservative movement today is split on which Republican it wants to be, Lincoln's or 
the Jim Crow uh, inheriting Republican Party of the 60, 1960s and 1970s. And I just think that's a slander that doesn't carry weight. A slander by virtue of being a slander has to be false. I think it's just false, John. I just don't sure. think there's any part of the conservative movement that embraced ever anything other than yeah. a Lincolnian view of our founding. Yeah, no, it's total slander. It really is. And uh, and you and I had a conservative movement. And, um, so this is what this is what they do, and they do it all the time. Um, and uh, that's, this is their modus operandi. And the funny thing is, Lincoln, it's their philosophy that is embracing. Yeah. Their philosophy yeah. is embracing the Confederate reading of history, right? Yeah, yeah, they they do, they do. Um, but I do think that Lincoln, in many ways, is still the heart and soul of the, of the Republican Party, and has been from the from the beginning. Um, and uh, they can't stand that. They can't stand that. And I think that's probably one reason they're attacking. I think the main reason he's come under attack uh, from the left, the far left, is that he stood so solidly with the founders. I mean, he really was, in, in a sense. Oh, he's a rebuke. Right. He's a rebuke to the progressives because he justified what the founders did as anti-slavery. Right. Right. So if you're going to if you're going to try to take the founders down, you have to take Lincoln down. Right. Right. There's there's no other choice. Nicely put. Nicely put. Well, it's a great op-ed. I want to encourage people to read it. Don't cancel Abraham Lincoln by John Cribb. More importantly, get his book if you like or want to like Lincoln. Old Abe, a novel. John Cribb, we love you. Thank you, Seth. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I'm Seth. Doug's in Maricopa. Hi, Doug. How the heck are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What a wonderful subject. My love of history as well as yours, but... One of the things I just loved about your discussion is the greatness of Grant Yeah, uh, that I find just so underrated. Mm-hmm. April of 1865 was, I think, one of the greatest pivotal moments in our nation's history. And it's rarely noted that uh, there was numerous things during April of 1865 that could have brought our re- republic into collapse. Even though Lee had surrendered, there were still numerous Confederate armies that had not. And there was no way that the the, uh, Civil War was yet over. Grant, unsupervised by Lincoln, when he met Lee in Appomattox, Mm -hmm. wrote one of the most beautiful documents in that he noted in a diary that basically how much he admired Lee and his nobility and courage to fight for a cause that he found no more abhorrent to mankind. So even though he viewed it as one of the greatest evils to mankind, he admired their courage. And he expressed that in the document, knowing that we were in a very tenuous place. And so he, he allowed them to be honored and show dignity to the South, and it helped encourage the other armies to help come into the fold. He literally allowed them to keep their rifles, to go back with honor to their farms, the Southerners, 
he treated Grant. He had his staff salute Lee as he came in. And the document is just one of the most brilliant moves militarily to show respect and allow that so that there wasn't this fear of uh, the other armies. They could they could see we're going to be welcomed back, even though it's a painful process. It wasn't going to be this huge retribution. And that was all Grant. It's um, it's 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 a tremendous accomplishment. One wonders you know, about the blessings uh, we could have lived with and without and the few people that could have done what they did to make us great. Grant is one of them. We know this because he had other generals. Lincoln had other generals, other generals of some acclaim. But kind of like Mount Sinai, um, he wanted this smaller thing. He He saw something in in this Ulysses Grant, he wasn't the tallest, he wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the most well-educated. He saw something there, a little more humble and a little better. Turned out, he was a lot better. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. <laughs> 